0: Come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let it flow into me. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. You mother, get up, come on, get down with the sickness.
1: You buck her. Get Hi. Hey. Welcome to our episode. 11 of Chronically Fully Sick. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge that we're recording today on the stolen lands of the Aeora and Gulin Nations. Sovereignty was never ceded and this was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to
2: Chronically Fully Sick episode 11, where your hosts, ooh. the most favoured and blessed, Joanna Nilsson and Chloe Sargent. Mm-hmm. Blessed uh, and highly favoured. Woo! Um, if you want to get updates on us and the Chronically Fully Sick podcast you can do that on Twitter at <laughs> Chronically Sick Instagram at Chronically Fully Sick or you can get in touch with us via our website chronicallyfullysick.com we do have a group on Facebook called guess what Chronically Fully Sick which is more <laughs> imaginative <laughs> which is filled with uh, other lovely sickies who like to chat about all things chronic illness pain misery uh,
1: no it's actually really fun Mm. It is. It's actually really cute and fun. But yeah, we love to uh, have events and uh, just share and have some solidarity and community kind of Mm. thing. So if you need some community with what you're going through, then feel free to join. Mm. Uh, And don't
2: forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast because we're very talented and professional podcasters and some people have been doing it and those have been very, very nice. Thank you. Bless you.
1: How's it going, baby? Oh boy, this is about to be a very chaotic episode, even more so than our normal level of chaos uh, because both of us have had a bit of a time recently uh, for Mm. different reasons. Mm. We're both coming out of flares, yes? Mm -hmm. And so... We basically answered the Zoom call to each other earlier and both of us just went, oh. So get ready, guys. This is yeah. going to be interesting. I love how we
2: gave everyone our tips for surviving the holiday season and we're almost like dead ourselves. Yeah. We? Like we said, you can do <sighs> everything right and still have yeah. a massive flare-up or whatever.
1: Like Totally. Mm. And it was like, so basically I had, after the break, I went back to work on the first day I was supposed to go back to work had one day at work and then that was when the flare, the inevitable flare that was always going to come after this holiday season was like, ma, you thought you'd escaped me, bitch. And then like I ended up taking basically the first week of work off because my flare was so terrible. But it was ine- inevitable, I think, that it was going to come. I could feel it coming. I knew it was going to happen because, uh, so I moved house over the holiday. Yeah, I was going holiday- to say,
2: it's, that's like the most oh.
1: stressful shit ever. Of course it's going to happen. It's so stressful and so, like, difficult and it was, like, hot and sweaty and all of that. Like, all of the things that would normally cause a flare-up for me, it was, like, that times a thousand. And also, like, moving house is hard when you're an able-bodied person. So, like, Mm. add chronic illness into the mix and it's just fucking impossible. But, yeah, I got through the day. I have been really sort of trying to take my time with unpacking and that kind of stuff because I am that type of person that's like, no, I just want to get it done And it's that whole concept of, you know, the brain is willing, but the body is not. And so I've, yeah, I've really sort of had to like try to pace myself with unpacking all of my boxes and that kind of thing and doing it bit by bit. But like, regardless, it was just like, I trying to pace yourself at the best of times is difficult. So when it comes to something that's sort of like a big life changing event, it's just like, you can try your absolute fucking best, but it, How, how about you? How is uh? Why is your flare happened? Well,
2: I mean, I think I sh- I share in this experience with a lot of other people, wherein I thought a holiday would be good, and I'd feel a bit better and less burnt out and mm-hmm. depressed and shit. Oh, but yeah. it's just like, I don't know, man. Twenty twenty one's just the same old shit. And totally. I went to Queensland to visit my parents and I was really lucky to see them. But um, Mm. as soon as I arrived there, the government was like, you have to get a test. And it's just a nightmare finding a test where I was. And then isolate. And then it was raining. And then Brisbane, the nearest city, started getting you know, hot-spotted, so I couldn't... Yeah, cases couldn't, coming up. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to book a hotel room by myself and sit in there with blackout curtains and speak to nobody
1: and then go see a couple of friends and go to yeah. the art gallery. And, the actual perfect spoonie holiday. I know. It's like, I'm <laughs> literally going to sit in the hotel room and do nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Woo.
2: And I, like, there's a spa and a sauna, made sure. And then I had to cancel mm. it all, of course, and then oh, rearrange all my flights and then had a messy flair as well to the point where I got my... um. Uh, flying neck pillow and just like sort of lay on my back in bed with that on, so I couldn't sleep on my side and crush my collarbone, which really yeah, or something. That's actually
1: that's a common thing for me. Like yeah. my neck and shoulders and everything are so bad that like flight pillows are actually really like something I use definitely more so than the average person. But I know I think it's even weird. more so than the average spoonie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's because they're so sort of like that uh, sort of firm memory foam kind of thing. They're actually one of the best things to mm, do. To keep you on yeah. your back for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just lying there yeah. on
2: my back with that on and like my black um <laughs> <laughs> retainer in. <laughs> Aw, Looking cute. cute.
1: Yeah, looking cute and hot and sexy.
2: Always. Woo. Woo. Um, but then I got yeah. out eventually, but it was just like going through a massive warren of like, you know, people dress like the dudes in ET when their house gets fumigated or
1: whatever. Yeah. Like the COVID. Oh, it's The airports are real scary, hey? Like all Dude. of the people in like hazard hey. suits and yeah, like hazmat suits. suits, I mean, and like... Police everywhere, and it was yeah, so full on. They got they got like,
2: the plane and the like. We're gonna get you off in groups of twenty. We don't really know what's happening, and just put us oh, all God. on buses, which took forever. The bus drove fifty meters. <gasps> I
1: saw that photo actually, and the bus was like super crowded. I know. And you're like, how is this helping? <laughs> I know. It was really scary. Weird. But
2: anyway, I'm here. Yeah. I'm alive. Just barely. I'm podcasting. Mm. Thank the Lord. Yeah.
1: Yes, here we are, podcasting Podcast. Look at us, look at us mm. who, who would have thought? Who would have thought?
2: Well, okay, yes. so up top Now, I know we say every episode Let's not talk about him But he mm. has been in the news
1: So uh, much Our friend The man the, who shall not be named The Australian yeah. chef Yeah <laughs> Our friend uh, Peter Yeah, Peter's Peter's been on fucking Just absolutely He's on He's been one. on one, yeah absolutely on one um and it just i feel like we've been saying that he's been on one for a long time because normally it's like you know peaks and valleys kind of thing with mm. him but this has just mm. been a especially with all the politics in the u.s and the capital riots and all of that kind of stuff it's mm. just been like watching the capital riots and then literally like the rest of my news cycle is just like pete evans does another fucked thing and i'm like oh god can he just does he sleep what the fuck's going on here Literally, he's done so much that I don't even know where to begin. Mm. Um, so, what was the last thing that we sort of spoke about? There was all of the stuff about how he lost his book
2: oh, yeah. contracts that, and that's stuff where after we being were a last Nazi. time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? I can't remember anymore.
2: For new listeners, this is a, that don't know, this is like a wellness guru,
1: mm-hmm. uh, shyster. Self, yeah. A, his a a wife self, uh, is really
2: into like horse therapy, like. I don't know. The way they write about it is really weird. <laughs> yeah, really. people were just
1: like, "Does do they fuck the horse? Like, what's happening there? It's yeah, very it's very strange. Yeah. Um, it is. Um, one of my main things that he's done recently, um, just, you know, doing his classic stuff about US politics and how he's a Trump supporter and all of that kind of thing, been absolutely on one in terms of that with everything that's gone I down i don't in get the US. australian trump supporters are like people marching oh. for
2: trump in australia like everywhere it's mm. just oh my god yeah
1: yeah it's just why do you have this time
2: in your day like it's, this know. is what happens Go. when you erode people's ability to organize and yeah. like unionize for better working conditions and stuff it just kind of mm-hmm. squirts out in all these other weird areas they, yeah, want material, con- they want their material mm. heroes.
1: They want their material
2: conditions to be better and they're not
1: ha- sure how to do it. So, yeah. They just want someone that says they're going to change and shake up everything. Yeah, instead of know?
2: organizing with their fellow workers or whatever
1: else. Yes. Yeah, in the totally. communities. This is what happens. Mm. Anyway. Absolutely. But yeah, he uh, so he's been obviously commenting a lot about that kind of thing and I think he's sort of been uh, very much on the train mm. of the, the train of thought as the Capitol rioters where it's like, mm. oh, you know, this isn't going to stop us and you, we're still going to be able to do, you know, have Trump as president and that kind of thing. And then Trump finally said about the transfer of power and that kind of thing. And he fell quite silent, I think, for a couple of days. Mm. And then started, what did, he was posting others, then he started posting stuff about, oh there's something coming there's something coming and it hits everyone's basically like great he's gonna run for politics in australia
2: well he posted what is it the logo of some party i've
1: never heard of yeah some small party that like it's like the great australian party or some crap yeah like one of those real sort of like clive palmer kind of situations where it's like oh yeah it's libertarian um, nonsense yeah, totally. And so I think it's like their whole thing is like they want to completely abolish taxes. And so, which would probably work out in Pete's favour because he's like, well, you don't actually need hospitals and medicine and that kind of stuff because you all you have to do is drink my bone broth and then you'll be cured. So that falls in line with, you know, his
2: Well, he'll probably win the seat malarkey. wherever
1: M- Mullumbimby is or whatever. Totally, Ugh. yeah. Um, and the other thing that he posted was that him and his wife have purchased a massive piece of land in northern New South Wales. I'm not sure how far it is between the Queensland and New South Wales border. I don't really know that area very well. But it's, like, in the middle of nowhere, like, beautiful country, just absolutely fucking gorgeous. They've purchased land and are creating a wellness sanctuary. Mm. (laughs) Mmm. Which, like... When I saw this post, literally my eyes rolled so far back in my head that I gave myself a like a cluster headache. Mm. It was like all the stuff that you're like, oh god, this is just you're gonna have like ketamine like infusions that cost thousands and thousands of like and this will be this will cost thousands of dollars to go to and only rich people will be able to afford oh this. Oh my god, we thing. have
2: to let crowdfund you to <gasps> go on an, an investigation.
1: <laughs> Hello, my name is Mr. Burns. Hello. My name is Mr. Burns. I believe you have a letter for me. Okay,
2: Mr. Burns. Uh, What's your first name? I don't know.
1: Yeah, like, I, I, I absolutely would do that and then write an investigative piece for Vice or something. But, yeah, my first thought was that, like, one of my things that... And I wrote a tweet about this, and, like, the response that I got from people was, like, enormous, which was really lovely. But one of the things that I've always wanted to do, and I have no experience with this, but it's just one of those things that I'm like one day I'll do this, you know, one day I'll give it a go, is uh, to write a horror movie that is it's sort of like in a similar vein to like Get Out kind of thing, but it's about someone with a chronic illness that has been like completely failed by like medicine and the medical industry and that kind of stuff, you know, in the same way that we can that we always talk about, about doctors not believing us and that Mm. kind of thing so in Desperation they turn to the sort of more wellness kind of thing, which again, a lot of us can all relate to, we've all given things a go and just gone, "Mm, yeah, no, this is, this is crap. Yeah, out of desperation, they go to this, like, wellness sanctuary and it turns into, like, a full horror movie where they're, like, murdered by conspiritualist Nazi owners.
0: Mm. And it's, like,
1: one of those sorts of, like... Constantly running through a forest kind of movies and But you have um, IBS at the same time because you're really stressed. Yeah. You're shitting everywhere and you're also in a K hole because they fucked up the ketamine infusion and all mm. of that kind of stuff. Um Someone should yeah. um get drowned in one of those one of those float Hydrotherapy bus.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do you
1: remember that scene in Final Destination where the girl gets like burned in a tanning booth? Oh yes. Yeah, it'll, yeah, be, it'll be like, be like that, that, except yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, that's always been one of my things to write this, like, chronic illness horror movie, and, oh my yeah, God. like I said, I and tweeted the- about it, and the response w- was, like, so amazing, everyone's like, I would watch the fucking shit out of that, and I was like, oh, good to know, but, yeah, the reason that it came up was because I was like, oh, wow, I've just found the perfect shooting location and it's going to be Pete Evans' fucking wellness sanctuary.
2: Because it's it, at the end of the post, it says really, like, in a vaguely threatening, weird way that there's no phone reception.
1: <laughs> totally. And it's like, there's like a full, like, ellipsis at the end where it's like, there's no phone coverage. Dot, dot, dot. dot, dot. dot. And I'm like, oh no, how is he going to be able to post his fucked Instagrams? Like, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I think that was what, that was sort of the thing that put that into my head that I was like, that's the scariest thing I've ever heard. And immediately I was like, that's my movie. That's the exact movie that I've always wanted to write. It's real life and it's right there in northern New South Wales with fucking Peter. It's it blew my mind that I was like This idea is copyrighted by the way. Oh yeah. You can't (laughs) at this moment. Yeah. When people were responding to me being like I'd watch the shit out of that. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm such a fucking like nonce like I've literally just tweeted this out to the world and we're <laughs> thinking that it was just a silly little idea and everyone's like this is actually a great idea and you should do it the like, corona- oh no, co- copyright, uh, copyright copyright
2: copyright you know how he um has the stupid coronavirus laser you know how he has the, the-
1: biocharger thing
2: yeah you know how he has the biocharger um, yeah, the
1: one that he got fined by our Food and Drug Administration thing. That supposedly he cures coronavirus. $25,000. Yeah, yeah. Because he yeah. said it cures coronavirus. Yeah.
2: It can, like, do that James Bond thing where, like, you're lying down and it just, the laser
1: starts trying to chop you. Oh, yeah, in between half. your legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like in the Simpsons episode with Hank Scorpio. Yes. When- <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just feel like there's so many things that we've gone through as chronic illness that, like, our. The real life situation is horrific. It's a perfect horror movie base. There are so many elements that we just came up with like three off the top of our heads. You know, like is just, there's so many things that it would be so good in a horror movie setting. You know, like the beast so yeah. therapy. Oh god, yeah. Except they use like hornets or something. Oh my <laughs> like god, just murder you. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> we gotta stop. We gotta stop. We gotta stop. Copyright, <laughs> copyright, copyright, copyright. Oh my god. Um, yeah. in relation but to one this- day this movie, I will make this, so stay tuned. It'll probably be many decades in the making because I'm poor and also I've never done any screenwriting. But copyright, copyright, it'll happen one day. <laughs> 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 That's how you copyright something, isn't it? Just yelling copyright? Yeah, duh. Yeah,
2: yeah obviously. <laughs> um, yes. I do want to give a shout out and some solidarity to this end um, to mm. – uh, Tara Moss, uh, who is oh, a yeah. author, a chronically fully spoon, person, icon, icon mm. model, yeah. fabulous, yeah. beautiful darling. I saw on her Facebook page that she put up a post that said, just like it was a bit of a roundup of, you know, herself as a human rights advocate and UNICEF mm-hmm. ambassador Uh, All that kind of stuff. Uh, But she was sort of saying that... I actually read a bit out. um, I'm one of those many people, over one third of the adult population with what's called an underlying condition. You may well be too, whether you know it or not. A value in my life and yours. Thinking the lives of those with underlying conditions matter less is pure ableism and gross. I won't host Mm -hmm. those comments on my page. So she's referring to... She won't host the comments of COVID deniers on her social media because it is a dangerous conspiracy theory that's costing lives and is insulting Mm to the 1.97 million who have died. the grieving families, not to mention the health professionals out there on the front lines. So she posted this on her social media, which is fair enough, you know, for a whole variety of reasons. But I understand that a publication took that post and sort of took it out of... Um, context and pitted her against said Australian chef for clicks, uh, when mm. she didn't even mention him,
1: uh, and is yeah. now getting death. They threats. just fully made that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just picked a random famous COVID denier and just mm. went. Yeah, Tara Moss starts beef with blah blah blah. Like starts beef with Pete Evans, and it, the the first sentence of this shock horror. It's the Daily Mail, mm. um, and it is like. Yeah, the first sentence is like, she never actually mentions the Australian chef Pete Evans, but it's like, that's their entire headline for clicks is, Mm. you know, slams Pete Evans in like Instagram posts. It's like, it's not even, it wasn't even that. And it's just the most, they've written this story like that she's slammed someone and it's beef and all of this kind of stuff. When in actual fact, it's just this like really beautiful, well-written post about like, she won't. She's choosing not to host these comments because it is, you know, it's dangerous to so many people with chronic illness and disability and, you know, like you said, the the workers on the front line in the health, in the, you know, in the medicine industry and that kind of thing. Yeah, and they just turned the, you know, the male always tends to do, they just turned it into this strange clickbaity, like oh, there's celebrity beef kind of situation. Yeah, I solidarity, Tara. This sucks. And being in the media industry myself, it is one of my absolute most despised things that bugs me so much. And, oh, yeah.
2: She's also, I mean, she's also saying that it's not just about this ridiculous thing of saying the virus isn't real. It's also, you know, COVID deniers are punching us people that you know have underlying conditions in the guts constantly whether that's Mm. you know asthma or uh, MS or any variety of autoimmune system Mm -hmm. stuff or diabetes or anything like that
1: you know yeah well it's like one of their main things is that a lot of them are anti-vaxxers and that kind of stuff and they Basically, their entire mantra is that they would rather see a child dead than be autistic. You know, know. like, because they think vaccines cause autism and apparently that's the worst thing in the world. And it's like, firstly, there's nothing wrong with being autistic. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why would you rather your child be dead than have autism? Like, it's just the most ableist bullshit. It is. Um, Yeah. And so they, they constantly make comments and like you said, punch us in the guts about so many things that relate to our health and our disability and that kind of thing. And... Yeah, so she was just saying that she refuses refuses to host any of that on her page, which is it's entirely her, page, her right. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. yeah. and she's oh, getting yeah. so
2: many horrific messages from all these supposed peace and love hippies people, yeah, hippie
1: wellness bullshit people. Yeah, just saying and the most horrendous stuff. Yeah, I bet.
2: Yeah, yeah. and yeah. as we've said in the past, you know, there's a lot. There's a big tie between you know wellness and fascism, and you know this mm. is it just playing out.
1: Yeah, this is, a, this is it happening right in front of our faces. And yeah, look, we're not going to read out some of the comments that Tara has gotten. You can go and look on her pages and uh, that kind of thing on social media and see. Um, and we recommend that you do because a lot of the time it's like people, they're like, oh, we, you know, I don't want to go and see these things that are difficult to see and that kind of stuff. And it's like the only way that we're going to be able to confront ableism and do something about it is by actually acknowledging it and seeing it play out and that kind of stuff so we can battle it. And that is what Tara is doing. She is like straight, you know, front uh, front and center, putting it out there so people can actually see and acknowledge what people with disability and chronic illness and that kind of stuff go through when they try to speak out about their illness. And kudos to her, Tara. You are fucking amazing. And yeah, we love and stand you.
2: Mm. Yeah. Speaking of weird um, uh, ableist stuff on the internet, Mm. I've been seeing. Oh, we love weird ableist stuff on the internet. I know. I mean, we've started we're starting this episode off on a bit of a bummer, I guess, but it, all mm. of this stuff is just so strange. We did warn
1: you that it's a chaotic episode. So, mm. yeah, this is all we live in the day in the day and age that conspiracy theories are just such a big part of our world and what we mm. see on a daily basis. Um which is a, it's not easy to deal with, um especially when you're someone with chronic illness and disability that this directly affects and that kind of stuff and the ableism is so prevalent but yeah we do really live in this day and age where it's just a constant so we're Mm. sorry that this is conspiracy theories are such a big part of this podcast but like we just said if we don't call it out then nothing will ever change so we want to call this shit out
2: a duty as professional podcasters and um you know lovers of science and um mm -hmm. yeah big intelligent brain people to talk about this stuff Big we are big, intelligent brain,
1: big, intelligent brain people, and very professional podcasters. Yes, that just love facts. We facts love facts, and science, and science. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue, but we're off on a bit of a tangent there, just to talk about our big brain intelligence. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, continue. What is the next conspiracy theory that has uh, come to light, Joe? Well, this is based around TikTok. Uh, mm. Which is yeah, TikTok loves some uh, weird conspiracy theory. Like, kind of can stuff, I just say,
2: I am really sick of seeing videos of people throwing up a shoe and then they change
1: outfits. Like, <sighs> oh yeah, try like following so many like drag race queens and that kind of stuff because I'm a massive drag race fan and I follow a lot of drag queens and that kind of stuff. And literally, their entire TikTok is either the one where they throw the shoe up in the air and change outfit into drag, or the one where they put the makeup brush up to the camera and then pull it away and then are in drag. And it's just like the transformation TikToks. It's Mm. so, it's the only thing that's on there for me, my entire like for you page is just that. I, yes, it is, it gets boring after a while.
2: Something that isn't throwing issue up and changing into a different outfit. And I kind of wish it was, is Mm. Gen Zers. This is from the Daily Mail, which is of course a fantastic news source, but I have seen this elsewhere.
1: They don't yeah, believe. This is not our only source for this. <laughs> we, oh we don't God. use the Daily Mail as our main source for things. Continue. And this has been going on on Twitter as well. A bunch of people saying
2: that Ke- Helen Keller never existed, or at least say she couldn't have accomplished what she did while being deaf and blind. Mm.
1: Shocking that people just assume that anyone with disability could not possibly achieve anything in life. Just very base level, fundam- like fundamental ableism there in play on tiktok on tiktok apparently Mm. that yeah that's their only source like that's their whole logical thought process for this is that someone who is deaf could not possibly achieve what they've achieved that's yeah exactly that's exactly what what it is
2: so the outlandish conspiracy theory has been earning momentum I think they mean gaining momentum, Daily Mail. Yeah. Um, amongst... Yeah. Uh, Gen Z- Truly
1: amazing journalists. Oh, fantastic. Continue, sorry. Amongst Gen Z <laughs> for
2: some time with teens insisting that the author and activist who was blind and deaf and lived from 1880 to 1968, that's a long innings, didn't exist mm. and was, was at the very least a fraud. Um, oh, my God. So oh, my God. The, I'm so tired. The first, I know. The first evidence of the conspiracy theory on TikTok was a now-deleted video. I'm not going evidence, to... Evidence,
1: Jesus Christ. I'm
2: not going to link to these people. Um, no, we're not linking to this. Posted in May 2020, the video questioned what Keller had accomplished, saying it's time for the lies to end. The same month, Jesus. Medium published an essay titled The Generation That Doesn't Believe Helen Keller Existed, which cited similar content using a hashtag, which I won't say either. The writer said that Keller had become an urban legend, writing Generation Z literally does not believe that Helen Keller existed and, frankly, I'm having a hard time accepting that she did myself.
1: Jeez. Um, Uh, Yeah, just for anyone that doesn't know what Medium is, Medium is one of those places that it's not a uh, a place that is like fact-check journalism. It's essentially like a place where you can sell your writing and get like a little bit of money by clicks and that kind of stuff, but you can post whatever the fuck you want there. It is mm. a lot of the time longer essays and that kind of stuff. But if you have a conspiracy theory about Helen Keller not existing, you can just put that up for the world to see with it's absolutely so no consequences. So yeah. so
2: we've got to talk about this whole Helen Keller thing because I've had enough. One of them said, I've heard it my whole life. She's deaf. She's blind. She's amazing. No, guess what? She lied. She's a liar. Her and that These monster. children. I know. These what? children. The audacity of these children. Oh my gosh. Uh, Her and that monster, Anne Sullivan, pulled the wool over our eyes and nobody's thought to question it. So they're just saying that she... How could someone be deaf and blind and
1: learn to write books? Well, it's like how Beethoven, like, became deaf, Mm. but still wrote, like, so many symphonies and so much music when he was deaf. Like, it's like kids being like, oh, no, Beethoven wasn't actually deaf. It's like, yes, he was, and wrote music while being deaf. Like, deaf people can do all of these things it is absolutely not it's not even a reach at all for them to be able to write books and write music and that kind of thing it's there are so many deaf musicians out there there's so many deaf writers out there like mm-hmm. you know, these people these I know. children
2: i know oh uh another gosh. twitter user said it's important to Point out the role ableism plays in this. This is not remotely shocking to me as a disabled person because we constantly mm. hear things like disabled people can't do X or disabled people are lying about their conditions. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: That's very interesting. Oh boy, yes. Who oh boy, yes. Yeah, that is, a, that is a truly wild one. And I I think the thing is is that like so many conspiracy theories is like it's – their thought processes for so many things are like massive leaps and jumps and that kind Mm. of stuff. But in this case, it's like the only quote marks evidence that they're basing this off of is just base level ableism of a disabled person couldn't possibly do that. Mm. You know, like Mm -hmm. that's their entire theory. Mm. (laughs) That's it. There's no sort of like massive conspiracy leaps and jumps there. It's just disabled people can't do things that you know are everyday and normal and all of that kind of stuff it's oh god well not
2: only was she
1: you know normal air Mm, quotes exactly she accomplished
2: a lot yeah she wrote articles and books including the story of my life and helen keller's journal she was also a disability activist and activist who helped co-fund the aclu a member of the socialist party and the industrial workers of the world and in 64 she was ordered the awarded the presidential medal of freedom by a president Johnson. She did heaps. She was amazing. Yeah.
1: yeah. She was absolutely bloody excellent. Just like a genuinely wonderful human being that dedicated so much time and effort to her community, as well as, you know, doing all this amazing writing and that kind of stuff. She cared about other people and the rights of um, people with disability. Mm. Uh, it just, it's just one of those classic stories of like, people that go out and try to make the world a better place just constantly being torn down yeah like the amount of like it's like what we were saying about tara moss is that she's speaking out about something and of course what's happening is is that she's being like bombarded with abuse for literally talking about a very standard thing that's happening Mm -hmm. to her because she is a disabled person Mm -hmm. it's like what is your damage that you just have to, like, tear down disabled people, you know? What is your damage, Heather? What is your damage,
2: Heather? What is your damage? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. But, um, yeah, if you have, I don't know, young people in your life, make sure they're not talking this kind of shit.
1: We've spoken a lot about how hard it would be to be... And we've spoken to, uh, like, how, how hard it would be to raise children when you're a Spoonie and that kind of thing. And we've spoken to, like, where we had Nadine on, who does have a child and that kind of thing, and talking about what motherhood is like as someone with chronic illness. And can you imagine how disappointed you would be, like, as a parent and finding out that your kid was saying this shit on the internet? You know, like, mm. when you've tried to, like, teach them all the right lessons and that kind of thing? Just... Sorry, just going off on a tangent about how scary, like, being a mother is. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it just my, my the kid, shit out of me. <laughs> my kid would
2: probably grow up and become a member of the like, LNP or something, knowing my luck.
1: Yeah, totally. Or like, a real estate agent. Right. <laughs> the two worst people is uh, conservative politicians and real estate agents fuck yeah yeah
2: but anyway yeah. i want to roll on to like a better piece of news that i saw
1: this is really cool
2: yeah so we've mentioned before that there are a lot of disability friendly, there's a couple, disability friendly Mm. beauty brands. And I saw, I follow Cole Creatives on Instagram. That's K-O-H-L and creatives with a K. And I saw Mm -hmm. yesterday that they announced a new line of makeup tools. So previous to this, they've had the Flex Collection, uh, which is five makeup brushes that bend forwards and backwards, allowing the user to apply makeup in a way that's comfortable for them. And there's, they've got synthetic sensitive skin friendly bristles, bigger handles that are easier to grip and that kind of thing. And now they, I saw have a line of makeup brushes specifically designed for um, blind people. So they've got braille it's on so them. Cool. Yeah, I know, anti-rolling handles. So you can kind
1: of put them on a countertop and they don't roll off. Um, oh, cool, yeah, that's, I haven't even thought about that in terms mm. of accessibility. Like they do, they just roll off tables and that kind of thing. And that would be so frustrating. Yeah, uh, if you're like a, you know, like partially sighted or blind. That's for people with motor disabilities as well, so it doesn't mm. come off the top. So it has braille
2: stickers, um, and for people who don't read braille, they've made a raised numerical system connected to an audio guide, which can be accessed through their website. Um, And they teamed up with the Royal National Institute of Blind People to develop them and define Mm -hmm. ease of use. So I thought that was really, 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 really cool. And they have a charity that they send profits to um, that provides workshops for a variety of communities ranging from transgender cancer care support as well as those with uh, motor and visual disabilities. And I Mm. thought that was
1: lovely. It's really, really awesome. I actually remember seeing a story... um I just looked it up again just then because it's this you talking about that actually rang a bell for me.
0: Mm.
1: I remember seeing a story at the end of last year about another makeup company that makes brushes and beauty tools and that kind of stuff that are accessible for people that have like motor skill motor skill symptoms and that kind of things. And it's created by a woman who has Parkinson's. Oh wow! And so she creates brushes for people that essentially just have shaky hands and struggle to apply makeup for a range of different um, illnesses and disabilities and that kind of thing. She's like, yeah, I'm a makeup artist, and when I got found out that I had Parkinson's like, and I became more and more shaky and that kind of stuff, she's like, I realised that I had to completely change the way that I applied makeup. And, um, yeah, so she makes these uh, – her name's Terry Butzler – Terry Butler? No, Terry Bryant, sorry. Terry Butler's a politician, babe. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was like, I know it's Terry B. Um, Yeah, so she was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's, and she said uh, she, one of her biggest fears was that she would completely lose her ability to apply makeup due to her shaky hands, because it wasn't just my livelihood, but it was my creative outlet and the way that I've connected with women and men over the years, and I didn't want to let it go. That was, you know, which is a completely reasonable thing, and I think we've most people with chronic illness and disability have all felt that where we're like we don't want to lose things that are important to us and we have to find different ways to be able to access them and so the fact that she's now created all these makeup brushes for other people that are experiencing the same thing is just yeah it was so cool to me it's just really 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 awesome i think her the name of her company is guide beauty yeah terry bryant guide beauty
2: Mm. that's really 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 cool
1: Yeah, Um, it's just creating accessibility for other people and that kind of thing is, yeah, it it rules, rules so much. The other funny story that you sent me, was it yesterday that you sent me the airport story? So I I haven't really spoken about this a huge amount on the podcast, but I do a bunch of illustration based stuff some of the time. It became a bit of a creative outlet for me to do this illustration uh, because I do illustration about chronic illness stuff. And one of the things that I made was this makeup bag that is sort of just like a pouch kind of thing and it's really, really big and I sell it on Redbubble because I could never find a bag big enough to hold all of my medication like in my handbag. Like all the beauty bags were just either really small or like these massive big plastic makeup tool bags and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's this really big pouch and basically I created this lettering that says enormous bag full of drugs So yesterday, Joe sent me this story that is from the Washington Post, I think. Mm. And it's about these guys that went uh, Two Florida men, love a Florida man story, Mm. were arrested Saturday on charges of drug trafficking. But they went through the airport with a bag that looks like a pouch bag that is identical to mine, basically, apart from different lettering. And it says bag full of drugs <laughs> and they legitimately had drugs in it. Mm-hmm. And so they had methamphetamine, GHB, fentanyl, ecstasy, cocaine, and assorted paraphernalia Jesus! in this bag. And so obviously they just went, well, we're just going to make it obvious. Like they won't even check because we can just be like, haha ha. It obviously doesn't have drugs in it. We would never be that ridiculous to do such a thing. Mm. But they did actually get caught. And I was like oh, my God, if that happened to me, I'd be like, I just have a lot of Mylanta in here. Like, <laughs> I just could not get over it. This bag is, like, so identical to mine. As the police in Florida's panhandle began examining the inside of their Kia sedan, they came across two bags helpfully marked bag full of drugs. Mm. I just... Maybe they were just He's trying to hide it in plain sight or something. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, they could have just been like... Oh, no. Of course, it doesn't have actual drugs in it. We would never That's do such silly. a thing like that. It's so like, silly. It's like yeah. robbing
2: a bank and then having all the cash stored in one of those giant burglar sacks with a dollar mm. sign on it.
1: <laughs> exactly, and being, like, dressed as, like, the Hamburglar or something. Yeah. You know, like, it's one of those. I kind of love the audacity. I love the audacity as well, and I think the reason that they did get caught is because the police had a drug-sniffing dog with them. So the (coughs) dog actually just went, I think there's actual drugs in here.
2: Don't make Um, dogs be cops. I know. It's not fair.
1: Drug dogs is one of my most hated things, but I did see a tweet the other day that made me laugh where there was, like, a drug dog in an airport that went and did the whole, like, sit-down thing because he'd found drugs, and apparently his police officer was like, um it turned out that it was uh, not drugs it was just pizza. And Aww. his han- his handler was like it's okay buddy i know that pizza always confuses you and then gave Aww. him his treat anyway and i was like that's the most adorable thing i've ever heard but also i hate cops like yeah. <laughs> don't make the dog be the cop like no. it's not fair to the do- and they all get addicted to drugs yeah anyway i hate it i hate it poor little poops no. poor little poops so oh
2: my gosh should we mm. oh my gosh Chloe, do you have a story yeah. for me this week? <gasps> I have a
1: story for you this
2: week. Holy Are you excited? Shit. Yeah, I am. Yes. I hope you don't so, try and trick me as much as I always try and trick you.
1: You always try and trick me. So I've decided not to do the whole like show a photo situation in this case because my historically fully sick segment this week is actually about a political figure. And if I showed you a photo, I'm pretty sure you would know who it is. So I oh, can't yeah, okay. even trick you. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Um, Yes, like I said, I'm going to talk about a political figure who is now very well known for his physical disability Mm. but went to great efforts to hide it from the public during his time in office. Mm. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do, yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking about Franklin D. Roosevelt. Oh, yeah, FDR. Roosevelt, FDR, Mm. who was the 32nd president of the country that I am terrified of the most, the Mm. United States of America.
2: Can I just stop here for a sec?
1: Now, we always seem to do old white guys for this. I was literally about to bring this up, right? (laughs) I had this. I literally had this, like, full on, like, moment while I was going through and trying to pick who I was going to do for Historically Fully Sick. Mm. And it was one of those, like, massive, like, duh moments that I was like, oh my God, Chloe, you are just. You're you're a real piece of work, Chloe. Um, Where I realised that the reason that we don't have that many people of colour and women that we can, you know, and anyone that is not a straight white cis man to talk about in this situation is because disability, when it came to, like, disability is so rarely spoken about Mm -hmm. and anyone that was not a white cis man, it was just never really documented throughout history because they were never of importance you know like it was so little was documented about people of color with disability and women with disability and queer people with disability over history so the only people that we really have to do this and obviously we will keep trying to find uh more a more diverse historically fully sick kind of thing um uh people to cover uh but yeah it was one of those moments for me that i went oh my gosh of course I was, I was thinking
2: about it too and there's mm. that but there's also like I kind of like doing it in a way because it demonstrates that all these men are fallible as well they had their things that they had to overcome
1: and that is mm-hmm. that says a lot too that it's always hidden which I will go into during during the end of my historically fully sick mm. so anyway I'll let you go for one it one of the one of the biggest realizations that i've had as well is that i didn't have a huge amount of education during school about us history like it was never one of the main things that we really studied mm. so again you're you're more of a politics nerd than what i am so i yeah fact checked me but he fdr was like a democratic hero kind of thing wasn't he mm-hmm. he's like he is kind of known as an icon of the Democratic Party in terms of his, like, policies and impact. Served a record four years as president, – four terms as president. Didn't he? For <laughs> No, don't question me on
2: this. I have okay, no idea. Okay, all right.
1: So, yeah, he's, like, a record amount of, like, being re-elected and that kind of thing. And he led the U.S. through the Great Depression and implemented the New Deal mm. and, yeah. So I think he's a bit of a sort of, like, legend of the Democrats, like, people – like love and stand him kind of thing. Mm. Um, so he uh, his chronic illness and disability began in 1921 uh, when he was 39 years old. So it was before he was president, but um, he was already in politics and in office and all of that kind of thing. So his main symptoms were fever symmetric ascending paralysis, Mm. facial paralysis, bowel and bladder dysfunction, numbness and hyperesthesia, and a descending pattern of recovery. He was left permanently paralysed from the waist down um, and was diagnosed with polio. Mm. So basically he contracted polio when he was 39. And yeah, so it was paralysed, but it sort of got worse over time, so he wasn't paralysed immediately. It kind of was – what's the word when it – Gradual? Yeah, like it's – I can't remember. There's a Mm. medical term. it. However, since his death, there is people – there are sort of medical people that say that it could have actually been – like his symptoms are more consistent with uh, guillain Barr syndrome, Mm. guillain Guillain Barr syndrome, Mm. which is an autoimmune uh, neuropathy – that uh, they say that Roosevelt's doctors failed to consider as a diagnostic possibility. FDR came from a wealthy family. Um, He was privileged to enjoy his summers at Campobello Island um, at a family cottage uh, that was purchased by his parents in New Brunswick, Canada. And during the summer of 1921, he was out sailing on a yacht when he suddenly fell overboard into the icy waters of the Bay of Fundy. And Mm. the following day, he... Experience lower back pain. uh, Went for a swim to, in hopes of easing the soreness. But as the day progressed, he could feel his legs becoming weaker. And by the third day, he could no longer hold his own weight. Oh, I'm so scared of something like that happening to me. Same. Mm. Yeah. His skin quickly became very sensitive, and eventually, even a slight breeze across his body caused great distress. Oh, Oh, same. Mm. Same. So (laughs) I read out his uh, symptoms. So, yeah, uh, this all happened before he was president. So he entered office as a disabled person, and I think Hell check, yeah, my dude. Uh, yeah, he's still the only person who has entered the office of president as a person with disability. Nice. Like he's sort of the only sort of president that's really disabled icon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of his time as president, he had what we refer to now as a dynamic disability. That term didn't exist then, where he could stand and walk unaided and that sort of thing some of the time, but used a wheelchair at other times. Um, I think the paralysis got, became permanent as he got older and he ended up using a chair full time later in life. Mm -hmm. But according to the things I've read, so he was like this really like cheery, positive person and was really positive about his rehabilitation and founded like a hydrotherapy place and all of that kind of stuff because he would often use swimming and that kind of thing as his rehab treatment and that mm. kind of thing dedicated himself to a daily exercise regime to manage his symptoms and one account that I read was saying that he would like constantly have like friends and colleagues and that kind of stuff in the room and would be doing his like full rehab exercises and that kind of stuff just like with having all of these people around him to talk about work or whatever like nice just was, had it in yeah and I was like oh god like I really sort of love and respect that energy. But the thing that I, I found super interesting and is that for a long time as president, he essentially hid his disability from the public. Yeah, totally. So he was never photographed in a wheelchair. He stood in sort of like the official presidential photos and that kind of thing that were put out to the public eye. And The White House sought to suppress photographs of the president in a wheelchair and the Mm. Secret Service destroyed pictures taken by journalists that defied that request. I do believe Um, um, they pretty much at this point made the White
2: House into basically a little mini hospital to attend to. Wouldn't
1: surprise me. Yeah, which is why when Mm. um, all that stuff happened with Trump. They would have had to make it accessible as well. Exactly. Like wheelchair ramps and that kind of thing, which is I never thought about that before.
2: Um, When all that shit happened with Trump with coronavirus, I was like, well, you know, they've probably got all this, you know, capacity in there left over from, you know, how they handled FDR. That's really true, Mm. actually. Like, they did, yeah, like, full-blown hospital within the White House. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. And just, like, the whole – the mechanisms in place in terms of having to cover it up and – Manage mm, it left yeah. over from the procedural stuff that they would have done with FDR. So I was just totally. kind of watching all this really carefully, going, you know, the White House has had to do this before.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. there would be all that sort of paperwork and that kind of stuff, and precedent set about how they would keep it secret and all exactly. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. I hadn't mm. even thought about that. Mm. So yeah, he even hit the campaign trail, which we both know with US politics, the campaign stuff is absolutely just the most full-on thing in the world. I always think about um, how many
2: germs you would get from people, oh, God, and, like yeah. shaking hands yeah. all the time. Like thinking about that with like COVID around just makes me feel real crook. Like mm. <laughs> it just makes me feel but yucky. Also their,
1: they also camp- their campaign trail kind of stuff lasts for such a long I time know. over there. Like it is... Obviously, like, Joe Biden and stuff is so old and I'm just like, I'm 29 and watching this whole campaign trail stuff that they do, I'm like, I wouldn't be able to maintain energy during that. It looks Mm. exhausting. Mm. So, yeah, Roosevelt even hit the campaign trail while maintaining the pretense that he could walk and used a variety of devices to maintain the illusion, which, firstly, I find it unbelievable that he was even able to hide it. Mm. Like that would absolutely not be possible in this day and age like with the whole sort of like 24-hour news cycle oh, and 24-hour yeah. presidential coverage and the internet and all of that sort of thing but like even back then hiding such a big part of his life and who he was and that kind of stuff is like really quite amazing like obviously not in a amazing impressive kind of way i'm just yeah. saying amazing in a how did he even do that sort of way and secondly like it's also really sad because he thought that so much of the public would see it as a sign of weakness um trust him less as the leader of their country because they just like yeah they would just see his disability as this weak sign of himself and his ability as a leader which is just absolutely heartbreaking i know and like and i think it's one of those things that like doing this research for this historically fully sick it kind of made me think to myself I'm like you know we'd like to think that it's gotten better since the days of FDR but like realistically ableism is still so rife and so enormous that you know to be sad and blunt like that would probably still be the case today Mm. um you know if there was someone in the highest sort of office um in America and that had a disability it would not surprise me if they absolutely did their darndest to hide it because people do still have very ableist ways of thinking and it is heartbreaking for any of us that have disability and chronic illness because it's like we know it's not a sign of weakness but for some reason those are always a parallel that is drawn from an ableist perspective, you know what I mean? Mm, Like Totally something that people do it. so frustrating for us because we know that's not the case and oh yeah his disability did end up becoming really well known later down the line and became uh, a major part of his image mm. so like I said he founded um a hydrotherapy place that I've forgotten the name of because I'm a very good journalist but um <laughs> yeah so he founded a hydrotherapy place because he found that because uh, he felt weightless in water hydrotherapy sort of was really beneficial to him and became a big part of his management regime. But in 1938, he also founded the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis, polio, which led to the development of polio vaccines. So he had a major impact in that sort of stuff from America, like finding a vaccine for polio and that kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, the reason I wanted to do FDR was because... You know, in a similar way to like other historically fully sick people that we've covered, you know, like Marx and Darwin and that kind of thing. It was because of his sort of personal experience with disability, like his lived experience that he sort of gained such a deep appreciation for not only sort of like science and medicine and that kind of thing but the sort of like important role that the federal government should play in public health mm. and like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I think the thing that he, the stuff that he sort of stood for as a Democrat was like improvements to public health and that kind of thing, which obviously in America is not amazing.
2: Well, he <laughs> said the um, least. in the State of the Union address that uh, Americans should think of basic economic rights as a second bill of rights, stating all, that all Americans should have the right to adequate medical care a good medical, education yeah. a decent home uh, and a useful job i think uh, and the gi mm. bill which gave returning soldiers heaps of medical care and unemployment mm. assistance yeah
1: so he stood for basically the exact opposite of what america is today mm. uh-huh. uh he was and it pretty is, it good
2: is- at like you know he started them he started the manhattan project i think and pretty good at doing war stuff i would say yeah oh <laughs>
1: yeah look no, there's never going to be a perfect uh, no-war president, I don't think. But the, um, oh, I just, I just
2: of, did want to chuck that in there, though. Just, to Oh, yeah, yeah, totally,
1: totally. Mm. Um, yeah, they're all war criminals, but in terms of, you know, the sort of, like, public health and taxes to pay so everyone can get adequate health care and that kind of thing, it, he stood for the exact opposite of what America is in that sense. You mm. know what I mean? So it's like, I, was, I found it quite amazing reading all of this kind of stuff because I was like... Man, people regard FDR as, like, one of America's greatest presidents, but fucking the same people are out here voting for Trump. Because I, <laughs> I don't understand how they have this weird, like, it's just so hypocritical and there's no thought, pattern that makes any in any way sense yeah so uh yeah i wanted to do it to fdr because it was like it was his disability that had a massive impact on his policies and the way what he wanted to the changes he wanted to see as a leader of a country in the and same way did- that um, marx's theories were developed on the fact that he too had a disability
2: yeah. and i just think it just says so much about why we need to have diversity in
1: representation. And why disabled people should be in positions of power. Totally. it is our perspective that it should be shared widely and that kind of stuff. And it, we should be able to talk about this openly and make people think because it is our lived experience that makes our voice so powerful. A rising tide lifts all boats too. Mm, absolutely. And there's all of these people that we do for Historically Fully Sick, It's they experienced disability and then basically went out and just went, you know what? The way the world treats people with disability and everyone in like healthcare sense and that kind of stuff, this sucks and I'm going to make it better. You know, like that was their disability made them think to themselves, how can I make this better for everyone? You Mm -hmm. know, like it is, yeah, our impact. Amazing. Yeah, I want to... so that's my historically fully sick for the week. Thank for the, uh, you so for the much. Ep. I do want to finish yeah. with this quote, which I
2: really like, from his biographer in two thousand and seven, which says he lifted himself from a wheelchair to lift the nation from its knees.
1: Aww, yeah, he's. It is really cool, and it's like one of the sort of like a really wonderful story, but also like a really sad story. The fact that it was like hidden, and then but when he finally sort of was able to do that without it impacting his pre- presidency he did come out and talk really openly about uh being paralyzed and using a wheelchair and that kind of stuff so you know there's positives and negatives to uh the fdr story but i i think it's worth talking about regardless you i know? feel
2: like if he was around today and they decided to make the wheelchair thing public they'd have to like have mm. a really souped up wheelchair with like rocket launchers or something is what, <laughs> like,
1: like real flash <laughs> yeah yeah
2: like as a oh i'm disabled but here's a vulgar display of power regardless because i'm american
1: yeah you think just like my wheelchair makes me weak in some way it's got fucking rocket launchers you know like yeah yeah, bitch Mm-hmm. yeah that's probably really true i mm. wonder the way i wonder how they would like because like you know when you watch veep and that kind of stuff and think because i don't have a lot of experience with the way that internally politics works like Mm. watching veep and watching the way that they have to market a person and all of the sort of really weird minor decisions that they have to make and have pr for and that kind of stuff like the episode where she changes her haircut and cuts her hair really short and so they have to like completely change the marketing Mm. yeah and I'm like, oh, my God, I'd never even thought about that side of stuff. Like, uh, and I'm like New South Wales Premier uh, Gladys
2: Berejiklian mm, handling her yeah. um, latest scandal, scandal yeah. affair mm. by going on the news, like, with a cute patterned umbrella, like, wearing Gorman and acting, like, you know. <gasps> yeah.
1: And in your head, because you've, like, had experience in politics and, like, you know, sort of the comms kind of stuff yeah, and all PR, of that kind of thing yeah. as well. Like, you are watching that and going, oh, I see why they've put her in Gorman and done a cutesy thing with this and rah, rah, rah. Whereas, mm. like, most people don't think about that and that's the whole point of it. You know, like, mm. people just... they it puts all these subconscious messages into the mind and it's, yeah, it is really fascinating. It's, yeah, it's... A, watching Veep, honestly. Julia Louis-Dreyfus really uh, opened my eyes. Mm. And also, she's the worst in that. I love it. <laughs> It's a genuinely terrible person. Uh, So
2: let's go Mm. on to this week's Spoonie Hotline. This week we have Sophie who responded to a call from us requesting, I guess, some perspectives from people with chronic illness about how 2020 has changed things um, Mm -hmm. for the,
1: you know, better or worse um, if you're a person living with a chronic illness exactly like it was one of those things that like for some people it has changed for the positive for some people it's changed for the negative it's the we wanted the good the bad the ugly so we wanted to give everyone the opportunity to talk about whether it was a positive or a negative for them 2020 okay let's hear from sophie
2: hi i'm sophie
0: from western australia and i've been sick for 17 years with you know just the basic chronic fatigue fibromyalgia caused by a whole heap of other interesting stuff but who the fuck wants to get into that trauma um yeah i love this topic i think 2020 has changed my fucking life i am bed bound 22 out of 24 hours of the day and having things online, like cute little book clubs, meetups, parties, pub quizzes, whatever, has opened the world to me. I was so isolated and closed off before 2020. Thinking back on it, I could cry at how small my world was and now how big it is, having all these doors opened. And I feel like it's only in chronically ill and disabled spaces where I can say this next part. But when lockdown ended, and in WA it ended quite quickly, which we're so super fortunate about, I had quite a little heartbreaking moment where those doors were shut for me again. And um, it's, you know, I've tried really hard to fight for those doors to be open again because like I said it really really changed my life and the biggest way it changed my life was realising I wasn't alone in that feeling and finding other disabled communities like this beautiful one and the Six sad girl community on Instagram which has weekly community meetings on Zoom which never would have happened if it wasn't for Corona. Like I said, I could cry thinking about how big my world is compared to 2019. And I'm so thankful to people like you, you lot, and all the other amazing advocates and voices and communities out there. And here's to keeping it going and making the world bigger for lots of other people.
1: Thank you so much, Sophie. That made me really, really emotional uh, because I, I actually wrote a um, an article maybe midway through 2020 Mm. saying almost identical things to what you just said about how I, 2020 did really open up so many doors for me in terms of accessibility and, you know, working from home and that sort of thing. Oh my God, yeah having so many more events and people being open to doing, you know, Zoom calls instead of big like meeting in real life and that kind of thing. And I said the exact same thing. The accessibility just went absolutely just through the roof and it was such a positive thing for me. And one of the things that I did say was I'm really scared about once corona sort of does die down a little bit and lockdowns ease and all of that kind of thing that Mm it will go back to the way it was and that was a big a really big fear for me and I'm really sorry to hear that that did happen to you because it was it's just not it's not fair to open those doors and then take it away from us you know like like you said our world got so much bigger and then all of a sudden it's like so we know the accessibility is there and it can exist it's and it's possible it, we but can people do it. don't want to do it yeah and so we know that accessibility is possible like we've always said to them um and yeah for them to just take it away is just it's so unfair and it fucking sucks and yeah like you said all we can do as a community is keep coming together and doing our absolute best to to keep that stuff going because it is so important and it is like you said it does give us the ability for our worlds to be so much fucking bigger
2: Mm. Mm. it's just annoying that this Huge worldwide tragedy had to happen for us to take advantage of the tools that are already there
1: absolutely you know like when I think about the amount of workplaces I went to that I would ask to work from home and they would tell me it wasn't possible mm. and then oh yeah during coronavirus I'm like oh look it's completely possible mm. like my workplace now is amazing and that was never never an issue but in previous workplaces that was like Yeah, they would outright tell me that it would not be possible for me to do that. And I'm like, I know it's possible. You just don't want to. And then, yeah, when COVID happened, I'm just like, oh, interesting. Mm. Interesting that this apparently is now 100% possible. Mm. And you have no qualms when when you have to do it, you know? It's always been possible.
2: Mm. And it it just, like...
1: Frustrated the hell out of me. The lack of that just locks out our ability to
2: participate in everyday society everyday society but also like Mm. we're so we're told constantly by capitalism and you know modern life or whatever that our value is inherent in you know how to
1: productivity tied to productivity
2: and stuff and okay well if you want us to be productive then make it
1: possible Mm. but and we know it's possible Yeah, (laughs) but you just don't want to do it and that is a 100% rooted in ableism Mm -hmm. and you know, and going back to what you were saying about um, uh, Helen Keller, it's like that just base level ableism thing of, oh, people with disability and like chronically ill people, they can't do things. It is just that very base level ableism of you couldn't possibly do this or be productive or that kind of thing because you have a disability. That's well, it. And like, that's, that is, But
2: ugh. that's what causes me to continuously hide my health conditions mm-hmm.
1: from my workplaces
2: and I see that this I see this coming up constantly in chronically ill and disabled
1: spaces as to whether or not they should disclose that at the start of a employment totally. it's one of the most common questions that I get sent by chronically ill people that reach out to me constantly and say how how have you worked through it? Did you tell your workplace? How did you tell your workplace? That it is actually one of the, probably the most common question I reckon mm. I've received mm. from people reaching out because they don't know what to do.
2: And it's not even, you know, if, if they're able to offer support, that's great. Mm. And mm-hmm. I don't mind dic- disclosing it for that, but it's also, people tend to make, again, as we've discussed, assumptions about your ability to do different mm-hmm. things. If you totally. disclose as well. And I just don't want anyone to be saying she can do that or she can't do that because that's my yeah. decision to make, yeah. not someone else's.
1: It removes our autonomy and mm. it assumes our ability. And yeah, it's, the people do tend to do that. Absolutely. And it is so frustrating because they just take that autonomy away from you to make decisions about your health and your body. And it is. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting a little bit off track from Sophie's, Sophie's message. It is. That was such a lovely message, and I really appreciate your, you. your perspective, Sophie. And thank you so much for your lovely little sign-off. Yes, we will always keep speaking about these things, and thank you so much for sharing your voice and being a part of it because we really, really appreciate it. It was um, And Sophie
2: you. has said if you want to follow them on Instagram, you can visit Sophie underscore Aylmore. I think that's how you pronounce it, which is spelled mm. A-Y-L-M-O-R-E. Thank you, Sophie.
1: You are a lovely angel. Cool. Mm -hmm. First episode of 2021. How do you feel? Low energy. (laughs) Uh, Chaotic evil. (laughs) Mm, Very chaotic. I think I'm chaotic neutral at the moment. The caffeine Mm. pills are starting to really uh, Mm. wear off a little bit. So uh, let's do a... um, We'll sign off uh, for our first episode of 2021 with... um, Joe, what is uh, going on in your life that you'd like to share or man, tell people about? Man, I'm just about? trying to
2: just trying to live, baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, I'm just trying to like stay awake. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's I'm what to, I'm plugging.
1: My plug is a uh, I am writing my first column for. Oh, that was one of the things that happened over the holiday period. It got announced that I'm I'll be writing a monthly column for Junkie about chronic illness and disability. So, um, jump onto Junkie and. Have, have a look at that. The first column will be out soon. Mm. Um, I've literally got to write it after this because uh, I was waiting for uh, some interview questions to uh, be returned to me. And now that has happened. And so I actually have to write something. So, yes, <laughs> I'm so tired. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, also shout out to the mega pod that you did um, over the holiday period. It was really, really excellent. And we love absolutely all of the pods and people that were involved. And yeah, I so, couldn't take part in it, and I was devo. So <laughs> thank you so much, Joey. It was it was excellent. Just
2: a quick explainer for that one that was a 2020 end of year roundup mm-hmm. with Bro Originals Podcast, Ozpol Snack Pod, and Loud, Angry, and Not Sorry. Um, so that was four of us talking about the year from hell, um, mm. which yes. will continue into this year, obviously. Um, so that's, that's the last episode in our feed,
1: which was uploaded. Yeah. And that so was all of the, fun. all of the pods involved that, uh, that we all uploaded it to our different channel, our respective channels. And yeah, it re- the response that we got was really, really great. Cause you know, everyone involved was absolutely stunning and beautiful. Oh my God. I did predict so. Pete Evans's political Political Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it was it is one of those things that like when you think about places like Mullumbimby and all of that kind of stuff, it was inevitable and yeah, of course he's gonna do that. And don't come for will us, be Mullen see Mullen Bimby. because of those places. Don't come for us, Byron Bay. Sorry, actually Mullen no Bimby.
2: actually Byron Bay, do come for me. Come on. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah,
1: Let's fight. Let's we'll fight. fight. Yeah, we're very weak and uh, we our limbs don't have a lot of strength to them, but sure, let's fight. Oh. <laughs> I love we're ending the first episode of twenty twenty one with uh Fire yeah, calling for an calling for an entire town to fight us. So uh that's very uh You know where
2: I live, Byron Bay. Come on.
1: Yeah. Let's do this. Okay, it's very chaotic evil of us and also just very uh very classic. Very classic Joey and Chloe, very classic chronically fully sick. But yes, that is the first episode of 2021, episode 11. Thank you for joining us. We will Thank see you, you for joining us in another
2: fortnight. And if you do want to have a chat on Spoonie Hotline, send a voice memo to chronically fully sick at gmail.com with your rants, your raves, your questions, your praise. Oh, geez, that rhymed. That sounded cool.
1: Ooh, I know. Um, that was like her. She's a white girl that raps. No. Stunning for you. Old mate, Iggy Azalea over here. Oh, my God. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> oh of. My God, <laughs> oh, my God, from Bimbi. Oh, my God. Full circle, baby. Full circle. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Love you all. Mwah. Love you all, guys. Bye. Happy start of 2021. The second bad year. We'll be here every fortnight. Love you guys. Bye.
0: Bye. I'm feeling good Dragonfly out in the sun You know what I mean, don't you know Butterflies are having fun You know what I mean Sleep in peace when day is done That's what I mean
1: And this old world isn't a bold word.